Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. welcome to another episode of Shears Wise. Today we are going to be diving into the subject of why women carry the mental load. But before we dive into this fascinating topic, how are you my friend? It's pretty cold down here in uh, in Christchurch. What's it like in Dunedin? <laughs> Probably colder. <laughs> um, yeah. well, you are wearing a woolly hat so I'm going with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, a beautiful day here actually. The sun is up, the sky is blue and uh, I can't complain at all, um, but it is definitely, definitely that cold um, hand of winter is firmly wrapped around us at the moment, which, you know, you have to have, right? Um, and it's a nice opportunity to just kind of close the doors and get the fire going and just enjoy everybody being in the same space as much as possible. And so, yeah, it's it's nice, but chilly. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you about the um, bunkering down with the um, fire going. We've just um, all come through COVID in our household. So we had 10 days of not going anywhere. So we definitely bunkered down with each other and had the fire going nonstop and tried not to wind each other up totally. So it was an interesting experience, you know, and actually probably quite, quite tough as well. It was definitely tougher than I thought it was going to be. Not even the physical um, impact of the illness that was I mean that was unpleasant I'm not going to lie it was not a particularly um, joyful experience but actually it was the mental low that I really struggled with it was the feeling of um, just having no motivation no get up and go nothing I just couldn't I can be bothered to do anything and I thought that was really that was a really interesting part of it and actually that's probably taken longer to sort of lift than actually the physical stuff still feel really tired quite quickly but um but that mental lowness has been i've had to be really conscious about pushing through it and i can understand if people you know weren't necessarily in the space of understanding 
that they can have a bit more control over their thoughts that they you could very easily get quite stuck in that space so um yeah it's been it's been a bit of a, an interesting journey the last few weeks i have to say but um but good to be back in this space recording cool stuff with you and um and sort of moving the business forward as well we're really doing we've been doing lots of work on our one-on-one offerings so we're, we're really putting some focus in supporting clients um on a one-to-one basis which basically means you can work with me if you want to do sort of coachy type stuff and and really dive into that um knowing yourself deeply and fully um or working with erin and doing all the beautiful stuff that she does um which i will let her explain um, or working with you know the two of us um across a period of time so it's been really exciting putting that together and, and really diving into what it is we want to share with the world and how we want to help people um it's been pretty cool hasn't it it's been a, a bit of a change in in angle but we've really enjoyed the work of creating it yeah it's been a nice space to welcome you back into i think after being unwell as well um like definitely today you look brighter and sound more you than you have in a, in a good couple of weeks and uh definitely coming back into a space of connection and creating opportunity for deeper connection is really nice because we you know we both have that very high up on our core values um that connectedness and so creating an opportunity for people to work with us in that way is really nice, I think, and definitely something that I'm looking forward to to doing more of moving forward. Yep. So do feel free to to check out the website or reach out if you want to have a chat with either of us about how we might be able to support you. We've got time for for some virtual coffee chats, just some um, catch up. So, you know, feel free to reach out. We uh, don't bite. Um, well, not hard anyway. So anyway, we're going to dive into why women carry the mental load. And it's a really interesting topic because, um, well, there's lots of different angles we can come at it from. But we wanted to talk specifically about the the why it often is that women carry it. And the fantastic thing about the dynamics between Erin and I is that I have a husband and Erin has a wife. So we can really look at it about that feminine angle and actually how that impacts. So um, first up, Erin, to you, what is the mental load? What does it mean when, when you hear that that phrase? I mean, I think the mental load is something that we're probably all familiar with, but have different words for, or um, perhaps don't have any words for, but we are aware of the concept, right? It's that having that mental to-do list going in your head all the time and carrying all the concern for the partner, for the children, for the household, for the business, the whatever it is that you do, um, the, the extended family, the friends, all of that stuff, you know, picking up all of the aspects of caring for other people and doing everything that's necessary and, and all of those things. And then just kind of carrying that with you all the time and never really sharing it with anyone. Um, And I think that's probably the key when we talk about mental load is that we tend to be collectors rather than offloaders. And so when we are talking about carrying the mental load or, you know, having a mental load of any kind, really what we're saying is it's the stuff that we haven't been willing to let go of or the stuff that we haven't delegated to someone or the stuff that we just haven't let go of because it doesn't really matter. And I think women are especially good at all of those things. Yeah, I think that's so true. For me, certainly the mental load is that constant need to be thinking about what needs to be done. I mean, there was a wonderful cartoon done a while back of um, the comparison between men and women, and it had the husband or the man being asked to clear the table and basically everything just, you know, went into a box or, you know, was, was put away, which I have to say is definitely something that happens in this household as well. And then it has the woman clearing the table and, you know, she takes the first 
thing, you know, soap to the bathroom, finds the wet towels on the floor in the bathroom, picks them up, puts them in the laundry basket, goes to put them in the washing machine. Washing machine's still full of the last load of washing. So she hangs them out on the washing line, puts that load of washing in, thinks, oh, whilst I'm here, I may as well see what else needs to go in. Does a sweep of the house to find all of the other things that need to go into the washing machine, puts that on, puts a load on, goes back to the table. So the moving one thing off the table has actually created about five or six other jobs and probably taken about half an hour. And I think that's probably one of the the biggest challenges with the mental load is that it comes very naturally to women to be in that place of caring and nurturing and looking after. That's what we've been conditioned to do and to believe our role is. And I think going against that can feel deeply uncomfortable and particularly if there isn't necessarily somebody who you can hand it over to. And I think this is what we were starting to talk about because you were saying that you've become much better with the mental load and I'm hugely jealous of the fact that you can, uh, you, you've managed to sort of reduce what your mental load looks like because I feel like I'm just daily adding to mine at the moment. But um, how do you, how do you think you've, you've managed to do that and what difference has it made to be able to, to release some of it? Um, some of it is about learning to be okay with being in the mess. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it, like, it, it's interesting that you use that analogy of, you know, walking around and always finding something else to do. My analogy is always that concept of like, I used to say to my wife, okay, let's go to the park for a picnic. And I'd ask, you know, are you ready? And she'd be like, oh, I've just got to put my shoes on knowing full well that my list was, you know, I've got to make sure the children are clothed appropriately. I've got to make sure that there's a change of clothes. I've got to make sure that they've got their shoes on. Have they been to the toilet? Have they had a drink? Do they have snacks? Do they have drinks? Do they have, you know, like list of about 40 things. And then I would often get into the car last and, and they'd be like, what took you so long? Yeah. Um, which, you know, kind of made me feel like punching people in the face a little bit, if I'm honest, like, because I'm like, well, you took me so long, <laughs> like all of you. Um, but I think now, you know, there is the joy of my children being a little bit older. And so I can offload some of the responsibility for that to them. I've also got much better at accepting like my children this morning, it was freezing cold, both dressed in shorts and t-shirts. And that was it. And I'm like, look, I think you should put a sweatshirt on, but I'm not going to push about the shorts. Um, And so, you know, they went off to school in shorts. And by the time we got to school, because we walk and it's all of like three and a half minutes or something to walk to school. But by the time we got there, my eldest son was like, my hands are really cold. I'm like, I did warn you that it was cold and that you needed to dress appropriately. You chose to wear what you've worn, put your hands in your pockets and off you go. And being okay with him experiencing the natural consequence. You know, we talk about, or you hear about that in parenting a lot, natural consequences. Um, I think the interesting thing is that we don't really talk about that in the context of adult-adult relationships. We only talk about that in the context of parent-child relationships. Um, But actually, my wife has started to recognize that there is a natural consequence to leaving me with the mental load. Um, And so she'll check in and ask, like, what needs to happen this week? What's on your mind? What do we, you know, what can I do that you don't have to do? Um, and equally, I then have to be willing to offload it. Um, and mm-hmm. that's something that I've had to work quite consciously on, but I'm getting there. <laughs> um, and so now, even if she doesn't ask, I might say to her, will you have time to ring the insurance company this week? Or will you have time to do this? Do you want to do this? Or do you want me to do it? If I do it, you're going to have to do this instead. Mm-hmm. So it's a much more interactive kind of conversation about the benefits of the household as a team working collectively. And that's something that our family really works hard on. 
is that we are, you know, I'm, I know you used to say something like teamwork makes the dream work um, for the household. That is Emily saying my five-year-old. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's entirely true um, because sometimes teamwork just gets shit done and that's not necessarily the dream, but definitely making everybody um, take responsibility for themselves means that sometimes there'll be other stuff that has to happen um, that, you know, the children can't do or that someone takes responsibility for, even though it's not really their stuff personally, but it frees people up to um, collaborate a little bit more. And then we have more time for fun. And that's ultimately what drives my children all the time is can we do something fun as a family? Yeah, I think you've made some really, um, really good points there in terms of that natural consequences. I think that's really interesting. Like if you think back to the way certainly, you know, I was my parents parented us, there was a lot more natural consequences for if you didn't do stuff. And yet somehow in this sort of in the last however many years, 30, 40 years, it's kind of become much more the responsibility. We've kind of taken on more responsibility to make sure that our children have everything. And I think that's shown generally in a shift in society. I think there's, you know, there's that almost, it's almost like a lack of respect for your elders to a certain extent in some ways. And I don't mean that in a, that, you know, the older generations have all the power and should keep all the power. But I think there's been this kind of like sort of change in balance that actually we felt certainly as a mother, I have to make a really conscious effort to not do everything for my children because sometimes to be perfectly honest, it's a damn sight easier to just get it done. But at the same time, it's realizing that actually I want them to learn how to do these things because it's going to make them good humans. It's going to make them better at doing stuff as they get older, you know, learning to unload the dishwasher now is only going to hopefully make my life easier when they're a teenager and they can actually do it, but also it's going to help them just get used to doing other things. And actually that's one of the things that I love about the school they're at is that it's very much, it's a real focus on, you know, doing the things. For me, as we know, I am, um, I have control freak tendencies as well as a few people pleasing ones, but the control freak really come into play when I'm in the, the mental load, you know, the carrying everything. So you know, I'm really, really lucky with with Matt. He's an incredible um, partner. And, you know, a lot of the stuff we are a lot more 50-50 than a lot of relationships because of the way we've worked our lives so that we're able to do that. And, you know, and I, um, I genuinely know that he supports me as much as he possibly can. And actually what the mental load shows me is that women and men see things differently. Like it comes back to that seeing the table. To to me, it's just uh, we simply see things differently. And that's okay if you can understand that. But at the same time, it's finding ways to, as a woman, to manage what I'm willing to take on and and releasing that control and trusting that somebody else, A, can do it. Um, Maybe not quite as well as me, but, you know, getting close. Um, But somebody else can actually do it. And also, does it need to be done? You know, there is this huge amount of stuff we hold ourselves accountable to, whereas actually, if you really looked at it, does it actually need to be done? So I think it's being willing to put down the things that don't matter and being able to free up some time to get the stuff that really does matter and, you know, doesn't and and allows us the space to be able to spend more time, you know, with our families having fun. And I think that comes down to a procrastination piece. You know, a lot of people, like, we can keep ourselves very busy. There's a whole thing, you know, there's a whole generation who, like, being busy is a sign of success. And I think that that mental load plays into that to a certain extent because when you are carrying it, when you are thinking, oh, I've got to put the dog in for the vet, I've got to sort out school trips, I've got to do, what, you know, when I've got to do everything, you do feel really busy all the time. But actually, how much of that is productive busyness versus stuff that is just taking up space 
so that you actually don't have to deal with the other things in life. So I think there's definitely an element with the mental load of it being a way to kind of keep ourselves small to a certain extent because we keep ourselves so busy focusing on everybody else that there isn't the time for us to do the work on ourselves so we don't actually we can use that as an excuse to not do it I'm so busy I've got so much to do who's going to do all of this so actually being able to learn to trust and release it a little bit is really helpful and I think the challenge for for me with having you know having a a husband is that actually he doesn't see things the same way that I do so it's there's a lot more work on my part to sort of explain it um and once he gets it he's like he's all over it there's no you know I can look into the um into the house from my office at the moment and can see that he's doing a full sweep of tidying which I'm like whoa winning at life but it's you know that I still carry more of it and I think that's because I just I'm more I don't want to say I'm more invested in it because that's not quite right, but I'm much more aware of what, of everything. Like it's the big picture view. You know, there's, I I see everything. So it's like, it feels like I've got to hold on to everything and actually, you know, that's quite tiring. Yeah. There's a couple of things that came up for me there when you were talking. Um, The first one was where you're talking about putting things down that don't matter. And actually I think there's a spectrum of that, right? Like we don't sometimes put the whole thing down but sometimes we might put the time frame that we want it done in down, or we might put how it's done down. Um, and I think it's really important to recognize that we don't just have to put something down in its, in its totality. Like we can actually, you know, especially for those of us with controlling tendencies, and I freely admit that I have, you know, occasionally some control freak tendencies. I also live with someone who is basically Ellie in a different body in that respect. And uh, so for me, like being able to say, you know, actually I need you to let me know what time frame you want that done in, because then you can let go of the mental load because I've got all of it. Whereas if she just says, can you do this thing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. She still carries the load of, I want it done in this time frame, or I want it done this particular way. So I'll be like, is there anything I need to know about that? You know, so it's it, that part of it is really important. Um, and, you know, from the other side of the fence, making sure that we communicate that. If we're asking someone to take something from our mental load, making sure that we communicate, it needs to be done before this date, or we're going to have to pay more, or we're going to miss this opportunity, or it's just going to really fuck me off and I'm going to be miserable to live with, um, whatever it is, right? Or, you know, it needs to be done this particular way. Like my son's lunch, for example. He he loves honey sandwiches. It's his favorite. When he's at home, he will literally eat an entire loaf of bread made into honey sandwiches if you allow him to do that. But he doesn't like them in his school lunchbox. And it's because the honey makes the bread go yuck by lunchtime. And so he asks, you know, like it used to be that when my wife made his lunch, which is rare, but happens sometimes, that she would make him honey sandwiches. And so I've now had to say to her, look, so you know, he is not going to eat his lunch if you do that. You have to give him something else. And so I can just release that now. And anytime I say, can you look at, you know, can you make the kids lunches? I don't have to then give her those further instructions. I don't have to carry that part of the load anymore. Um, So that's the first part that came up for me when you were talking. The second part was that sense of overwhelm. And you talked about procrastination and like putting things off or always being busy. And I think we, as women, especially, um, you know, and, and this is a generational thing. I think every generation has picked up a little bit more of this, but I think we are conditioned 
to live in a state of overwhelm. I think it's really rare for a woman to honestly look at herself in the mirror and say that she doesn't feel completely overwhelmed in every aspect of her life. Like that there is some, there's always something that feels a little bit overwhelming, I think. Um, And, you know, like in, in most aspects of her life, she might feel totally in control. That's not the same as controlling, right? But when you feel in control, everything's easy, everything's light. You don't feel like there's heaviness anywhere. But when you feel overwhelmed, it's like, you know, if you've got those 45 balls in the air, it's like saying, actually, I've got 45 hands, so I'm good. But as soon as I say, actually, I've only got two hands and I've got 45 balls in the air, suddenly that's a little bit overwhelming. And I think the overwhelming piece about that is actually what happens if I drop them, like the fear of dropping them, the fear of actually what will happen if I crumble, if I can't cope. What does that say about me? Like it creates this whole extra load of stories and narrative that we have within our mind. I was talking to a friend recently and she was just like, I just feel like I'm I'm holding everything and I don't know, I don't know what to do because I don't think I can hold it all, but I don't know what to do with it. I said, Well, what about if you just dropped it? What if you just put it all down? Just put it all down and then choose what you pick up again. Yeah. And it was kind of like this moment of realization where she was like, What well, I can do that, I can put it down. I can put it down and then pick the bits that I want back up. And I think that's half the problem is we have been sold a lemon. We've been told we can cope with anything. You know, women can do everything. We're amazing. We're, and we are. We can do everything we want to. But at the same time, we've heaped a whole load of extra pressure that we should be doing everything and that we should be holding everything, like not allowing anything to fall. Mm-hmm. Whereas part of certainly the work that we do, part of the the beautiful um, opportunity with with putting things or even dropping them like allowing things to crumble means that you can actually start to be really conscious about what you move forward with and what you actually want to take on rather than taking on everything you're able to really sort of piece together what works for you and that's a really empowering position to be in it's a really great opportunity to make choices to support your life and support your family and support the people around you but it's it's very difficult to do because that feeling of dropping everything or stepping off the cliff or doing the thing oh wow there's a lot of stories that come up with that and I'm not sure I want to do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little bit like that story of the boy who had to put his finger in the dam and then another hole was created so he had to put his finger in the other hole and then there was another hole and he was like what do I do put my foot in it Um, And so that's the thing, I think, is that every time we throw a ball up and catch it again, we're creating evidence for ourselves that we can do that. And so we're like, oh, cool. Well, let's do another one. And then we create evidence that we can do that. We're like, let's add in another one. And so we, you know, we've created evidence for ourselves over generations, I think, that we can actually have multiple things happening at once and still get everything done. And I think the challenge around that is like, that's really, really masculine, right? Like, that's about saying, okay, I've got a to-do list that's 10 things long and I can do those 10 things. I'm going to be exhausted at the end of it. I'm going to be frustrated as fuck at the start of it. And then in the process of it, I'm just going to feel completely busy. Like life is passing me by and I'm just doing, 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 doing all day. Or we can start to say, okay, so my to-do list has 10 things on it. Actually, the top four are the things that I need to get done. And one of them could be done by someone else. So I'm going to give that away. And the rest of the list, I'm actually just going to put back in the drawer and not even hold today because I know I'm not going to get it done in a way that feels good. I'm not going to get it done in a way that feels efficient or effective. 
Like it's going to be rushed. It's going to be done at a lower standard than I might like. So I'm just going to put it away and not even think about it. And then I'm going to focus on the stuff that I can do today. And I'm going to show up for that in a way that feels good. And I think that's really important um, and something that we undervalue as women is that actually we can go through life doing all the things and, you know, go to bed every night thinking, man, I've been so busy all day and yet I don't feel like I've had a moment to think. Or we can dial it all back and we can say, actually, I, I want to feel more present in all of the stuff that I'm doing. I want to feel like I've had some quality time with my children. I want to feel like I've enjoyed something today. I won't enjoy everything, but at least something has to feel good. And giving ourselves permission to explore what that looks like, I think is really important because we end up in burnout if we don't, right? And then we end up resentful of the life that we've created, which is exactly what we don't want to be. I think what's really interesting as well around the um, that to-do list is that you'll have a to-do list and you'll look at it and be like, yeah, I can totally get all of those things done. <laughs> Everything takes 10 times longer than you think it's going to. And so you genuinely can't fit it all in. You know, I have a much better, I have a much more um, expansive view of time uh, than the reality of time. And we won't go into time being a construct at the moment, but it's that, you know, I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I can totally get all of that done. You know, it's the same with, with the work stuff. It's like this, this, this. And actually what I find really helpful is just to put next to it how long I think it's going to take me. Like in best case scenario, how long is it going to take me? And try this at home. Honestly, it's really interesting because when you look at it and you put all the time down, you work out, actually, that to-do list is going to take me five hours. I don't have five hours today to do it. So what sort of you know message am I giving myself that I think I can do it when I can't? I'm always going to be letting myself down. I'm always going to be feeling like a failure, like I haven't done the stuff that I said I was going to, because it was never realistic to be able to do it in the first place. So I really encourage you to do that. Write your to-do list out for you know the week or the day and then just put a time frame around it. Like how long do you think it's going to take you to do it? I'll guarantee you it'll take you the numbers when you add them all up will be way more than you thought they were. And um, and I guess it's kind of that realisation that, you know, we haven't quite learned to to bend time totally to make it possible to do all of the things that we want. So actually, we do have to be really mindful and we have to be really conscious and, and we have to choose, you know, what is going to move us forward. I guess it's that's the question to always ask. What are the things that I need to do that are going to move me forward in whatever aspect it is? Because if it's actually not going to make you progress, progress don't do it like genuinely don't do it put it down put it back in the drawer cross it off the list put it on the uh, never going to happen but I hope it does one day list because there are so many things that that will be on that list that really aren't moving you forward and it's definitely worth like identifying what those are because at the moment they're just taking up headspace and you know imagine how amazing it would be to have your list of what you wanted to do have that mental load of all of the things that you know you need to achieve in a week get it down and actually by the end of it being able to achieve uh, like realistically what you've achieved Mm. like that's going to just free up so much time and that space allows you to think about what it is you want your life to look like it gives you the time to focus on what can I be doing for me what can I be doing to bring more joy for the family like it actually gives you space for expansive beautiful thinking rather than this contracted state of fuck I haven't done it I'm gonna need to do it shit you know that yeah. always that that sort of slight you know your shoulders tense your you know everything feels tense and contracted that's not a nice space to be in we just need to be able to breathe and relax and life will be easier if we do it but at the same time it's um 
we have to actively choose to do that and and make a decision that we want things to be different and that can be really scary sometimes yeah yeah and i you know i think the the challenge for us like for me this always comes back to generational stuff like i look at you know i i think you said earlier in the in the conversation about you know we've been told that we can do everything and and we've just been adding things along the way to that like you know used to be that we were in charge of the household and then suddenly we were like actually you've got to go out and get paid work and hooray for you you can do paid work that's amazing um and so we're grateful for it but we don't offload anything in the meantime um and i you know i think i don't want to diminish what our grandmothers and their mothers and our own mothers have held in terms of the mental load, because I think that it's changed. It's not the same as um, like when we think about clothing our children, for example, we think about, okay, I've got to go to the shop and buy them some new clothes, right? Our grandmothers are like, I've got to go to the store and I've got to buy the fabric to bit to make it. And I've got to get the pattern and I've got to do, you know, I've got to have the skills and all of those things. And so it was much, much bigger, that part of it. And we've been able to offload that, but in its place, we've picked up something else. So I think it's really important that we, we just look at why, why we feel like it's the woman's role to carry that mental load. And, um, and, you know, some of that is generational. Some of that is that we have always been the ones who raise the children and who worry about what the children have to eat and what they wear and what they do with their time and where they are and where they have to be and, and all of those things. That's always been the woman's role, if you like. Um, but there are some phenomenal single dads out there doing the exact same thing, right? So we know it's possible. It's not that it's impossible. It's that they have been conditioned to not notice because the woman is noticing. And, and realistically, as humans, we notice the things that don't get done much more than the things that do, right? And the irony in that is that women really pride themselves on what they get done. Yeah. Right? Well, it's but a badge actually, of honor, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's the, the thing I want to leave it with, really, is that we, we have spent so much time focusing on what we have to get done um, that we don't actually notice what the impact is of the stuff that we're not doing. And sometimes the stuff that we're not doing is the stuff that really matters, like spending time connecting with our children to see how they're actually doing or spending time with our partner you know, working on our relationships, making sure that we're connected, making sure that we know how the other person is, is going through life at that time. Um, so those are the things that really matter. So those are the things we have to make time for. So even if reducing your mental load feels deeply uncomfortable and like you don't want to be giving people other things, understand that in the process of giving them those things, you're also being able to give them yourself, give them more time, give them more energy, give them more space to be with you and um, to be with a better version of you because you're not carrying all the shit. Yeah. Great, great place to leave it. And um, hopefully the conversation has resonated with you. And if it has, then please feel free to reach out if you're trying to find some ways to put down some of the mental load or even just understand a little bit more why it is that you carry so much of it. Um, please reach out. We would love to um, be able to support you and have a conversation. And we offer free chats to just, you know, get a bit of a picture of where you're at and, and how you can move forward. And so even if you decide that the work isn't for you, there'll still be some action steps that you can take forward to, to ease whatever is going on for you so please feel free to reach out and the links will be in the show notes um you can book a call with me or you can book a call with Aaron and uh, we would love to connect so 
put down the mental load or at least a little bit of it and um it, it is okay honestly as somebody who is learning um i'm not as far along the the handing stuff over as erin is yet but i'm slowly getting there um it does make a difference and it does free up some headspace to do other things so um much love to you all and we will chat again next week bye thanks for listening to this episode of she is wise If you've enjoyed this content, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can drop a review on your favorite podcast platform, share with all your friends, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. To learn more about Awakening the Wise Woman and what we do in the world, head on over to awakeningthewisewoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.